this section, we're going to have a look at the physical manifestation of falling under the power of God. Because don't forget, in this series, what we're looking at is uh, a biblical framework to our encounters with the supernatural power of God. So that when we do see physical manifestations taking place in our midst, we can determine, well, that is our God or that is not a God. That's really um, what we're wanting to differentiate with in this series. And so we get to the point where there are these uh, manifestations that take place, uh, which are quite common in the church, of people falling under the power of God. And so we want to ex examine uh, scriptural evidence around this. Is this phenomenon um, scriptural? Is it um, a practice that we can see clearly in Scripture, uh, or is it not of God? And so we want to be able to, um, through this section we're going to go through today, and most probably into the next one, we want to have a look at this phenomena about people falling under the power of God, so-called. Um, now, at the outset, we need to differentiate between um, people falling under the power of God and the phenomenon of people prostrating themselves before the Lord in paying homage to the Lord. And so there is a, a very clear difference between these two concepts. And we'll pick it up in Scripture as well. Uh, scripture differentiates between the two. And so a lot of people get confused. They think, well, when you fall um, before the Lord, it is because you are paying homage to Him, because you're worshipping Him, um, and that is scriptural. But there is also this other aspect, which is falling uh, under the power of God. And we're going to have a look at some scripture along that line. But even in churches that do not acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit in the earth today, and there are a lot of evangelical churches that proclaim the gospel, uh, people get born again in their um, congregations, but they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they, they, their viewpoint is that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are not for the church today. That all ended when the last apostle died. And so they proclaim the gospel of salvation uh, truthfully, and people come into the kingdom of God through their uh, proclamation, but nevertheless they deny the power of God. Now, even amongst those types of churches, that do not, as I say, acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit in the earth today, they practice prostration before the Lord in, in times of worship and also in times of prayer. And so they view that, well, that's really what it means to fall down before God, is to prostrate oneself before the Lord. Now, um, as I say, the Bible does teach us that practice, but that practice, it differentiates uh, from the, 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 not the practice, but the, the uh, manifestation of people falling under the power of God. And so examples of, uh, there are numerous accounts in Scripture of people who prostrate themselves before the Lord in worship and in prayer. Um, we have the account in Revelation 5.14 of the 24 elders falling down before God and worshiping Him. We have the account in Revelation 19.4 of the four cherubim falling down before God's throne and worshiping Him. We have the account in Revelation 7, 11, uh, which is the account of the angels of God falling down before the Lord 
and prostrating themselves before him and worshiping him. And then we have the account in Genesis 18, 1 to 3, where Abraham bowed himself before the Lord and paid homage to him. And then we have the account in Deuteronomy 9.25 where Moses prostrated himself before the Lord in prayer. And then we have the account in 2 Chronicles 29.20 where the assembly of the Israelites prostrated themselves before the Lord in worship and in prayer. Now in all of these instances over here that I've, I've quoted, um, the scripture is very clear to us that the individuals of their own will prostrated themselves before the Lord. They uh, bowed themselves down before God. They, they fell before Him uh, as an act of their own free will. So it was not as a, an act of encountering the supernatural power of God that um, they became weakened and thus couldn't stand in His presence. Not at all. In all of these accounts, if you go read them in, in context, in the, uh, the, the Scriptures, you will see that each account uh, reveals to us these individuals as an act of their own wills falling before the Lord, prostrating themselves before the Lord um, in order to worship Him, in order to um, pay homage to Him and also um, with regards to uh, prayer before Him. We saw the account in Moses. He prostrated himself before the Lord in prayer. And so that's the differentiation. So what we're discussing in today's section is not that. We're not discussing people prostrating themselves before God as an act of their own will. What we're discussing in today's section are people, uh, saints, that encounter the power of God. And as a result of encountering the supernatural power of God, not being able to stand in His presence. And that's a, we'll have a look at a couple of accounts in Scripture um, that now talk around that concept to us. And so with regards to um, the physical manifestations that take place as a result of enc uh, supernatural encounters that take place in the church, um, we've dealt with tongues so far. Uh, we're now dealing with this concept of falling under the power of God. Um, there are also three different types of manifestations that can and do take place in the church. Please bear in mind, we're, not, we're discounting completely prostrating oneself before the Lord. That is a different uh, topic entirely. And we're talking about falling under the power of God. And so there are three different types of manifestations that can take place around this concept. The one is falling under the power of God. The second is falling as a result of in an act of the flesh. In other words, pretending to fall under the power of God. That does happen. And then the third uh, aspect is uh, falling under a demonic power. And so we're going to have a look at all three different aspects so that we can more clearly from Scripture identify, okay, that person is clearly uh, encountering the power of God and thus they, they cannot stand. That person is pretending to fall under the power of God and that person, uh, a demonic spirit, has uh, caused them to fall to the floor. We'll have a look at some scripture along that line. The first one we want to look at is uh, genuine encounters in scripture where individuals uh, fell um, as a result of encountering the supernatural power of God. So they did not prostrate themselves 
um, in homage. They literally couldn't stand because they were um, their physical bodies. Don't forget the natural body is very uh, limited when it comes to encountering the supernatural. We, you know, it's only when you really do encounter the supernatural that you recognize just how limited these, these physical bodies that we dwell in really are. And so we're going to have a look at a couple of scriptures today. We're going to look at two accounts. We'll look at Abraham and we'll look at Daniel, uh, two individuals. And the passages we'll look at describe to us how they both encountered the power of God. And as a result of encountering the supernatural power of God, they both fell to the ground. Our first account we'll have a look at is um, Abraham. And we pick up the account in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1 through to 22. The scripture says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Um, sorry, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Verse 22. And then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And so we see in this account, um, this is an account of Abraham encountering the supernatural power of God. On this particular occasion, God appears to Abraham and changes his name from Abram to Abraham, changes Sarai's name from Sarai to Sarah. But God reveals himself to Abraham on this occasion as God Almighty. Now, uh, if you go back and read the accounts in Scripture, God had appeared to Abraham, or, well, now his name's Abraham, obviously, uh, on four separate occasions prior to this. But this occasion is different because, as I said, this occasion, God appears to Abraham as God Almighty. Now, as a result of God appearing to Abraham in uh, displaying uh, his glory, Abraham fell to the ground, fell to the floor. He, he didn't bow himself to, to, to the ground like he did in the previous account that we quoted, where he paid homage to the Lord. In this account, he fell. He, the reason he fell was because he was now encountering the power of God. That had not, Abraham had not encountered the power of God before. Uh, the Lord had appeared to him, as I say, you can go read the accounts in Scripture, four times prior to this, and never once in those encounters did Abraham fall to, to the floor. But on this occasion he did. 
And it seems, well, what happened is at the opening of, of our Lord speaking to Abraham in his glorified state, Abraham falls to the ground. It seems that during the course of the discourse, our Lord lifts Abraham up um, and speaks to him while he's standing. Because we see at the end of the discourse, Abraham falls over again because the power of God is that strongly made manifest uh, to him. Now, when he falls over again, something else happens. Abraham actually laughs, the Bible says. He fell to the ground and laughed and said in his heart. Now, people say, okay, well, Abraham laughed in his heart. But that's actually not the case because in this account, God makes no comment about the fact that Abraham laughed. You say, why is that important? Well, when God appeared to Abram outside the tent, that's when Abram bowed in homage before the Lord, the two angels were with him. Sarah, or Sarai at that time, was standing inside the tent behind the tent door. She heard the discourse between her and the Lord. You can go read the account. Um, and God said, as Sarah is going to have a son. When the Lord said that, Sarah laughed in her heart. She didn't laugh out loud because she was standing behind. She was listening, but you know she thought she was hidden from the Lord's view because she was behind the tent. Um, and the Lord made the comments, made the comment straight away to Abraham. Why did Sarah laugh? And she then speaks up. She said, "No, I didn't laugh." And the Lord said, "Yes, but you did laugh." And so the Lord asked the question because it, she laughed within herself. Abraham didn't hear her laugh. The Lord obviously did. But on this occasion, when Abraham falls, he also laughs. Now the Lord doesn't say, "Abraham, why'd you laugh?" Because the Lord recognized why Abraham laughed. Why did he laugh? Because the power of God came upon him. And he fell to the ground. And in this instance, he also laughed. And so <clears throat> what we will see uh, from what we see from this account here is that Abraham's physical stature was just not strong enough to stand in the presence of God when he displayed his glory. And so the natural response, Abraham just fell to the ground uh, twice in this discourse. And so we'll see that kind of uh, phenomenon occurring in, in, in all the accounts we'll look at in Scripture. But one of the things we do pick up from this is that Abraham fell to the ground. And it was as a result of his physical body not being able to stand in the presence of God because of the supernatural power that he was encountering. It wasn't a case of God's power throwing Abraham to the ground and thus forcing him to the ground against his will. That did not transpire. Abraham was just unable physically to stand in the, power, in the presence of the power of God. And so physically, his body just collapsed. That's the, the scenario that we see. It's a very important uh, thing that we need to pick up because as we go through the, the, the scriptures, we will see that um, the way that when we encounter the power of God, it is always the individual falling as a result of being too weak to stand in the presence of God, not because the person is forced to the ground. Important point we need to pick up there. The next account we'll look at is the prophet Daniel and his account. Now this instance here, uh, Daniel is very descriptive to us as to just how his body actually did feel in the supernatural encounter. which uh, So it's very enlightening for us. It helps us to identify with what Daniel is speaking about. But on this occasion, Daniel is having an encounter with an angel. He's not having an encounter with God. 
But nevertheless, angels also have tremendous uh, glory and supernatural power that they can demonstrate from time to time. On this occasion, that's exactly what transpired. Let's have a look at the account. Daniel chapter 10, verse 4 to 19. Scripture says, Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz, his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like a voice of a multitude. Verse 8. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. Very important what he says here. For my, my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me and made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 15. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And so we see in this account here, the um, prophet Daniel having an encounter with an angel. Now, more than likely, this angel was the angel Gabriel, although the scripture does not name uh, this angel on this occasion. But on numerous occasions, the angel Gabriel had a point of, uh, appeared to Daniel before and subsequent to this one as well. So it's more than likely uh, Gabriel who appoint, uh, appeared to Daniel. Now, something we need to recognize, um, and we'll pick it up when we have a look at uh, the Lord's uh, appearance to John in, in the book of Revelation and, and the result of that encounter. Um, our Lord appeared to his apostles after he was raised to, from the dead and numerous other disciples. Obviously, it wasn't just the apostles he appeared to. Um, in, on most of those occasions where our Lord appeared to the disciples, he appeared to them in his natural state, in, a, in a, a very natural form that they all could recognize and interact with him. You remember the one occasion where he said to them, handle me, feel me. You know, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones such as you see I have. And he ate in their presence. He had breakfast with them. He served them uh, bread and fish that one morning for breakfast. And so on those occasions, the, the disciples interacted with the Lord and saw him 
in a very natural state. But we'll have a look at the account where our Lord then appeared to John in, a, in his glorified state. And the result that John, uh, as what, what transpired because we've seen our Lord in that condition. Now, angels have exactly the same ability. They can either appear to us in a, um, a glorified state, as we see in this occasion here, or they can appear in a very natural state. And that's what happened with uh, Gabriel appearing to Daniel on numerous occasions. He appeared in a very natural state, and, and, and Daniel could then. But on this occasion, we see that um, Gabriel, we see, assume it's Gabriel, appears to Daniel in his glorified state. And when he does that, the power that is um, displayed is so powerful that Daniel can't cope with it. And so he just falls to the ground. He falls to the ground in a trance, actually. And the, the angel picks him up and begins to speak to him. Now, what Daniel does is he explains to the angel what's going on, how his body is unable to cope with what he's been exposed to. He said, I can't even breathe. And so the angel then strengthens him. And as a result of the angel strengthening him, Daniel could then stand in his presence. But had the angel not intervened in that manner, uh, Daniel would have been out on the ground the whole time. He wouldn't have been able to stand in the angel's presence. And so it just kind of highlights the truth to us very clearly. And when these physical bodies, these natural bodies, encounter the supernatural power of angelic beings and the Lord, they can't cope. The, the natural response is weaken and fall to the ground. That's just what they do there because they, and you know, it can be that powerful that Daniel was battling to even breathe because of his encounter with uh, this angel, which we think is, is Gabriel, on this occasion. And so those are two accounts we see, uh, and we'll have a look at another two. We will close off the teaching on that point. Those are two accounts we see of the natural reaction that takes place when um, in this physical state that we are in now, we encounter the supernatural power of God, even angelic beings. Um, but again, the truth that we need to see here is Daniel fell to the ground purely because he was too weak to stand. He wasn't forced to the ground by supernatural power. His body couldn't cope with what he was encountering, and thus he fell to the ground. We'll end the teaching on that. Point.